0: And welcome to Straight Talk, your intermittent podcast of political thought. My name is Scott Wyant, and today I've got an interview with Susan Inman. Susan is running in the Democratic Party for the position of Secretary of State. Susan Inman, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much, Scott. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm happy to participate in a podcast.
0: Uh, what made you decide to run for Secretary of State?
1: Well, you know, I ran for this seat in 2014 when it was certainly an uphill battle for any Democrat. But uh, the reason I ran then was I was unhappy with things that were going on with the current Secretary of State and the direction that um, things were headed, and I felt like I could do a better job. So I threw my hat into that ring, I fought hard, long, and was unsuccessful, but I've come back. To run in, in this effort because it's an open seat this time. I can carry on what I started in 2014, and I'm more eager more eager than ever to work toward protecting voting rights and modernizing voter registration and a lot of other things that I think will be beneficial to the citizens of Arkansas. Let's
0: get a little bit of your background here. You, you've worked covering elections for many years, haven't you?
1: I have. That's. It's another reason for my step into this uh, window. But I began with the Pulaski County Election Commission back in '94 as coordinator and ran elections in the county for you know quite a, quite a while. And then I was hired by former Secretary of State Sharon Priest to join her organization. And there I was director of elections for the whole state of Arkansas. So that gave me knowledge and an an opportunity to to work statewide with county clerks and election commissions and conducting elections at that level. When she was term limited, I went back to Pulaski County because there was a vacancy and an opportunity for me to to make Pulaski County's elections run smoother than they had been. So I stayed there until I retired in 2009. And when I say retired, I retired from gainful employment. I just just kept working. I just wasn't getting paid any longer. But then I formed a statewide nonprofit of all the county election commissions in the state of Arkansas. So it was a networking peer-to-peer relationship or a, a professional professional organization to, you know, bring forth best practices and and learning through whatever we could do to make elections better in the state of Arkansas. So, you know, that's what I've been doing. This is my, my thing. So my experience comes from many years of working in elections and conducting them.
0: You've worked monitoring elections in other countries also, haven't you?
1: I have. I've had the distinct honor to be called as a volunteer to go to um, other countries. It's through the U.S. Department of State, but I've been all over the former Yugoslavia, including Bosnia and Kosovo and Montenegro, Macedonia, and all of the other countries in that
0: um,
1: area, as well as Central Asia. I've been to most of the former Soviet satellite locations, and I've actually been in Russia to observe an election there as well.
0: Have you learned anything observing other democracies' elections that you feel are appropriate here?
1: Oh, sure. that I mean, that's an incredible opportunity because the the setup of the elections is it's, it's geared toward democracy. So the 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 means and the mechanism to conduct the elections is very similar to what we do here. Um, it's As an observer, I was charged with observing their process and reporting an assessment of how the elections were conducted. I was um, among many other international observers, so it's not just a, a singular effort, but a collective environment where we're observing the process. And have I learned? Yeah, I've learned a lot of stuff. I've learned that um, for the most part, elections conducted in those countries were done fairly and openly. Not all of them. I did see some irregularities, but the efforts of the people uh, um, conducting the elections, you know, the chairpersons and the poll workers, they make every effort to be open and transparent and ensure that. People get to vote properly.
0: Let me get your opinion on what appears to be a large-scale effort from the GOP primarily in voter disenfranchisement. Do you feel like that's an accurate statement?
1: Well, for the most part, I think that's fairly accurate. What we're seeing are, are sort of consistent efforts across the country to Reduce turnout or create more barriers for voters, and and I, by you know throwing up restrictions and limitations and, and the argument that they're going to give back as they're trying to ensure that everything is fair and and open and only legal people are voting. But you know I could tell you that only legal people are voting anyway, and every every effort to um, put up a barrier for Registering, participating in elections, closing polling places, moving polling places, uh, confusing voters—every every time that's done, it 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 turns people away. So that one effort in making it less accessible and less available and more difficult is certainly um, it it works. I mean, it keeps people from voting. So. Yeah, that's. I, I agree with that assessment.
0: In, in all of your years of working with elections, how many actual cases of voter fraud have you encountered?
1: That would be zero. Uh-huh. Uh, could that could, but there have been a couple instances uh, where I have seen, and this has always only been an elderly person that has voted early and was brought back to the polls, oh, like I, someone said, let's go vote, and they said, okay, and they tried to vote again. Um, it, was, it was stopped because there are records and information at the polls that indicate whether someone has already early voted or not. So, but that is the only instance I have seen, and this has been since 1994. So you've never
0: had Mickey Mouse come up and try to try to vote?
1: Mickey, Mickey nor Elvis ever did come to vote at the polls that
0: I was a participant of. Well, you know, you, every election you hear people like Ann Coulter say that there are literally millions of people around the country voting. So I, it just goes to figure that if there were millions of people voting in the years that you uh, had involvement in elections, right. you would have seen at least a couple of dozen if that was the case, right? Uh,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, that whole that whole theory just doesn't hold water because the people that are assigned to vote at a specific location are people that live in that region or that area, that geographic area, neighborhood, if you will. And people know people, and they the poll workers know the people that come in. And, and even in early voting centers and vote centers, voter the voter is is you go in and you just don't say my Mickey Mouse and I want to vote here. You you you're asked to to state your name and your address, and then the election official will locate your name and your address. This is Arkansas, okay? Right. Your name and your address in the, the records. And then the the poll worker will say, will ask to confirm your date of birth, and those three records, those three things, have identified you, right? Okay, those are those three unique things that are specific to you, and then the poll worker will ask to you just the person to sign on the line, and now they, of course, they have to ask for some form of ID as well. The voter will sign, Then, if they sign, then there's a big statement above where they sign saying, if you sign this list and anything is untrue, you're committing perjury subject to $10,000 fine, 10 years in prison. So the voter is warned when they sign the the book, what, what will happen to them should they be committing a, a signing falsely. So- I mean, it's just that's it, absurd.
0: Yeah, it sounds to me like there are adequate checks and balances in both the the uh, registration process and the actual once you get to the polling station to stop. Right. So. There
1: are. I mean, there're definitely checks and balances and and even when you register to vote, your your county clerk, uh registrar in in each county, they do the cursory check of And they they match up your last four digits of your social security number or or driver's license number. So they're verifying the person who is registering at at that time before they actually – you fill out that application. And then they have their steps that they follow through at the county level to make sure you're not registered in another county or – you know, and it's it's not a duplicate registration. So, I mean there's all kinds of steps that are taken to ensure that the to ensure the integrity of the voter rolls.
0: So it it almost sounds like like this is just a fairy tale that the GOP has been been fostering for many years that you just just go and say, Hey, I wanna vote and they say, Sure, here, here you go. Let's count you
1: Yeah yeah well yeah you're right, but it just doesn't work the way they claim it's it's really offensive to people that are in this business and, and our elected county clerks and and our registration- of, uh, registration officials across the country because we all work so hard to ensure the integrity and the transparency of the process and the poll workers i mean they 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 volunteer their services because it's a civic responsibility to to sit there all day long and, and make sure that you're able to vote. I mean, they, they take that very seriously and, you know, making sure everything is done properly and docu- documented properly and just the whole process is as it should be.
0: What's your feeling on the, uh, the requirement now to provide some sort of photo, you know, state-issued photo ID card in order to vote?
1: Well, it's the law right now, and unless it's overturned uh, in the courts here pretty soon, it's going to be required when everyone goes to vote at the polls. Do I like it? No, I don't like it. I think it's an extra, unnecessary step. But if it is the law, it will have to be enforced, and we'll have to do it. Uh, I think it's problematic, not so much for going to the polls, because people will, you know, you'll show picture ID, and the poll worker will look at the picture and be happy and go forward. The, the voters who vote by by mail, absentee, um, they also have to submit a photocopy of a photo ID, which is a bit absurd, because there's no one to look at that photo <laughs> of that photo ID and, and ensure that that really is you. So, you know, that there's just some ambiguities and absurdities in this this process I mean it's just doesn't make any sense and while I'm talking about this absentee mailing in of your photo of your photo ID or whatever document that is submitted with your absentee ballot, what's going to happen to those documents yeah. are they going to be stored shredded thrown in the trash can what yeah it's it's, it's
0: almost like political theater isn't it.
1: But pretty much, I mean, you've got people writing laws. We see this in a lot of other laws too. That don't have a clear understanding of the process. Well, I I might be how it might work.
0: I might be mistaken, but didn't they try the whole voter ID law before, and it got struck down by the courts? Or am I mistaken? They
1: did. No, you're not mistaken that they passed a law in 2013 um, to be enforced for the 14 cycle, but it was it was stricken by the courts. Um, there is litigation currently for this piece of law that we're living under right now. They've, it's called the uh, Verification of Voter Registration Act. So they changed the name, but it's still a voter ID. But. And it can get it may get overturned. I, I don't know. Well, that's up to the judge. But we have an initiative on the ballot in November, issue number two, that will amend our state constitution to require a photo ID to cast a ballot in Arkansas. I mean, it, it's a whole lot easier to overturn a badly written law, whether it be by courts or, or electing new. Legislators than it is to overturn a constitutional change yeah, that's it, written. I mean that, that's that's gonna be tough. So I and I'm certainly against that uh, as well. Issue number two, vote no.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, that that's just asinine. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. This I'm just a layman, but it seems to me like if you if you pre- sure, go ahead and provide the proof of who you are and where you live when you register. And then, you know, I don't see the problem with if there's any question at all why someone couldn't bring their utility bill to the polling station and say, hey, this is me, this is the address, this is what you got in your records. You know, it's it's just an extra step. Yeah, they're,
1: Yeah, and they're, they're uh, through the years, they've, added these you know things to our laws as far as voting and typically if it's an absentee where you had to submit a photocopy of something especially if you were a new first time voter a copy of a utility bill or something showing that that is your address but you know people move a, a, a lot <laughs> and and they may be renters where they're not paying a utility bill uh, uh so they're you, these are long being written that are not inclusive i mean they're they're just looking at this this mainstream of people, but you have all these other people that don't fit that grid that don't have a photocopy or a photo or a printer in their home to be able to produce that copy to go back with an absentee ballot or or even even just our registration system in Arkansas, which is all paper driven you have to fill out a piece of paper and mail it in or, you know, download a, a copy and print it out and mail it in to even apply to register. You have to fill out a piece of paper if you want to change your address on your voter registration. And I mean, every, everything to modify your registration has to be on a piece of paper. I mean that's ridiculous. We need to go to an online voter registration system, one by by which people can register, check their registration, update their address. You know, if they change their name. They need to be able to you know make that submission so that it can be updated by the by the registrar. I mean, there's we we make it just too difficult. That's all I'm saying, and we need to change that.
0: Uh, there's been a recent push, and I think we're up to 13 states now, where they're in the process of go- doing just automatic voter registration. When you turn 18, you're automatically mm-hmm. entered onto the rolls. Is that something you feel Arkansas should do,
1: could do? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's kind of that automatic voter registration is sort of an extension of the National Voter Registration Act that was passed in '95, I think, where when you go get your driver's license, you can you can opt to vote. I mean, you know, they'll ask you if you want to register, and when you go to the other um, assistance agencies, they'll ask you if you want to register. Didn't they call automatic voter registration would make it you would be registered when you go there and you'd have to opt out. So, yeah, I think that's great.
0: Yeah, didn't they call that motor voter law?
1: They did. They called it motor voter. So this is an extension of motor voter to make it automatic rather than by choice. Right. And I I totally agree with it.
0: Let me step away from voter registration for a minute and uh, speak to an issue that has been uppermost in my mind for many years you remember the debacle we had in the 2000 elections, which.
1: uh, Yes, I remember it well. (laughs) I'm
0: sure you do. You were, you were uh, probably right in the heat of it, weren't you?
1: Um, I was.
0: But after that, you know, we got the the HAVA, or was it HAVA? Mm -hmm. Help America Vote Act. Yes, correct. And due to that, we got the proliferation of electronic voting machines, which right. in, in one regard I feel was an improvement, but it opens the door to so many additional problems that we didn't have when you just had a piece of paper and a number two pencil. I've had many years working with computers, and I know that once you go digital, things can be manipulated in the background, and there is no way to ensure that you know, once it goes into that black box, something isn't being changed. So you know, my question. Well,
1: there, there, there's no there's no connectivity to an internet for those machines.
0: I agree, and you
1: know, I, I realize and that. And they they do a printout. I mean, they're required by law to do a printout at the end of the election day. To match up to whatever reports that were posted at the polling places. You know, those those tapes that the machines produce, and they're posted at the polling place, right? Showing that everybody in precinct 25, I mean, what the final results are. They have to post that at the polling place for people to go by and see. But those poll workers that post that also have to produce two other tapes just exactly like them that they take to the headquarters and then the headquarters people retain that tape that came from polling place 10 and they match it to their digital results that come off the, the what is it, ERM, I think it's ERM, whatever. So there's some acronym for the, the reader that compiles it all before they certify the election. They have to match those pieces of paper that came from the polls to the report that comes off the, that device that, that prints out the certification. So there's a verification to know that whatever happened at the polling place is the same as what they have certified as the end results. And that's in state law. I mean, they have to do that. If they're not doing that. The polling place is not doing that. Then they're not doing it right.
0: How, how does a, a polling precinct, how do they audit that their their polls are accurate?
1: Well, this, the election commission does all the testing of the equipment before it goes out. Actually, public testing. So you can be present to, to watch their testing. And they will uh, test. Each machine, each and every machine, is tested in public. And usually, there's nobody there, but they have to do it anyway. But they have a, a specific expectation of you know what votes they're putting in, whether they're touching it by hand or they're running a, a digital report. A lot of counties will do it like they'll have a stack of ballot cards and they're going to touch the screen you know, in this, I've got a ballot, I'm going to you know, recreate this, this ballot on this machine and they'll vote it in multiple cards so that every contest has a a known number of votes. You have the expected result that's supposed to come out of the the device when you hit the total button. So that's matched. And if you know, your expected result is your end result, then you know the machine is tabulating correctly. I mean, this, this is documents that are required by law to be filed with the county clerk. So the, the election commission, they've tested all their machines. They zero the, the votes out so there are no votes on the devices. They're supposed to seal them with probably a, that's usually a plastic numbered seal that's recorded someplace showing that this was sealed on this date, and then the devices are locked up until they're delivered to the polls. Now when they get to the polls, the election officials um, that morning will break that seal, they'll log the seal number to make sure it's the one that was placed on when the device was locked up and stored away, And then they have a procedure where they open the device. Um, It's usually with that PEB thing. And it's just this procedure they have to go through to open it. And then it will produce a tape, an actual tape, and let's attach a little printer to it, that will say there are no votes cast on this device. And then that certificate, they are supposed to sign off on it and it's supposed to be posted in the polling place showing that they verified there were no votes cast on this machine before the election began.
0: So you're you're confident in the results that come off, off of each and every one of these machines?
1: Actually I am because if everything if every step is followed in the process to of testing you know verification of the test all the all the pre pre-election audits are done and the poll workers are do what they're supposed to do at the site to open the device which they if they don't it won't work so they're going to have to get somebody to come out there to help them open the machine so you know I, yeah <laughs> it's kind of a you know it's it's a very redundant uh procedure when done correctly and there are all kinds of you you can find out if somebody didn't open the poll correctly because it wouldn't work. The machine won't work. If the poll workers should, when they open the machine and it's showing it has 45 votes cast on it already, then that's a red flag to them to call the election commission saying we've got a problem here.
0: Okay. Well that gives me a little bit more confidence that, as many years as you've had involved in, in elections, you know, if, if you're satisfied that these machines are all operating correctly, you know, assuming that everybody follows the correct procedures, then, right. you know, that makes me feel better. But I, I just, I, I know that there's, I know how computers could be manipulated, and the fact that these, the software is, you know, private and proprietary and... Right. We don't right. we don't really know what is happening in in those programs. It's just there's there's a level of trust there that, that has to be present that I just I'm not totally satisfied that that trust has been earned by yeah by well, the manufacturer. You know, the
1: thing that bothers me probably in the whole picture is the 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 counties that have to send off their media to be set up and prepared in another state, and then their media comes back, but that media is still tested. I'm t- when I say media, you know, I'm talking about not yeah, yeah,
0: you're talking about the, the actual flash drives or whatever.
1: Doing. Yeah, yeah, that makes it because the the actual devices are sort of dumb. I mean, you know, they're just driven by a flash card or or a the, the, those electronic activators. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple technology. So, you know, I think in a perfect world, or this is something that I I'll, I'll work toward, is that media and the election definition should be set up in state. It should be done in Arkansas by Arkansans rather than shipped to Nebraska to be set up by the vendor, if you will. Uh, so, I mean, you. there are probably, mm, I want to say six or seven, maybe eight counties in Arkansas that do their own programming. They're the larger counties that have the means to do it in-house. You have to buy the software license, but for instance, Pulaski County, um, I think White County, Faulkner County, uh, I want to say... Crickhead County. Oh, there's several of them that that do their own programming. That always gave me a bit of comfort having that done in house. I mean, because we always did it in Pulaski County. But, I mean, I even helped do some of the programming when it was a simpler programming a while back. But but I just have a I just feel like that that should be done locally. Um, that gives me a better sense of security for the obvious reasons that you named. Not saying that that's an issue because I don't think it is. I mean, I, I think you'd have to have some humongous, large conspiracy that I just doesn't. Don't think that we have that in, in election administration in our country. There's just too many people with too many watchful eyes along the process. But I still think it should be an, an in-house, in-state operation or programming.
0: Yeah, and and my feelings in the matter is it it should be an open source piece of software that should be standardized, you know, but Arkansas itself should commission an open source programming system. No, well,
1: that there's there are federal laws that dictate devices that can be used for voting, so that's not something Arkansas could change. Well that the, there's there's that, stringent testing that has to be done at the federal level to to even be able to be a voting system. And yeah that, that that's what I I mean, I'm ad- sure the pro- yeah.
0: That's what yeah, I'm advocating well. as a federal change, you know, that we go to an open source system of, of programming for these machines so that you can get thousands of computer engineers looking at the code just to verify sure. that there's no funny business going on. Because the way it is right, right now, there's just no absolute way of telling that there's nothing screwy going on and a, another issue with electronic voting that I have is just the age of the machines and yeah. we, we know that the older yeah. the older a technology is the more vulnerabilities they have to security and the more time people have had to pound on them and discover newer vul- vulnerabilities that no one ever knew of and there are people that will be voting on May the 22nd on machines that are in excess of 10 years old. And mm-hmm. we nobody can guarantee that there's, that there's not something in those machines that somebody could fiddle with some way. And that, yeah,
1: those the machines that came in that, and after the, after Hava were installed and in, statewide in 2006, I mean, they're really, they are really, really old and they're, just limping along now, but there is a new equipment out there that the secretary of state is, well, he's put in, well, I'm looking at, I think 17, 18 counties have the new equipment now, but all the rest of them don't. They're right. all, you know, limping along on the, the technology that's the machines we got in 2006, but the technology was much older than oh, yeah. that. I mean, i I've at least 10 years Back, back that other direction. So you and I in these touchscreen machines, they they don't live forever. They they've had problems with them, and then they have to be calibrated. And if you don't touch the touch the button the right way, it might record you know not where you want it, Which is why you, the voter has to pay attention too. So yeah, we what you I think what you're saying ultimately is that what we need to do is just go back to all paper ballots.
0: And, well that. Uh, it, that it seems like that would be that would be the, a better way of doing it, you know. It's just it, it, in the long run I think it would be cheaper. Uh it would take a little bit longer to get the results of an election, but you know, hey, we it, we, we did it, it for our Really wouldn't years.
1: it wouldn't be cheaper because paper ballots cost a lot of money. And you have yeah. to have an adequate supply, so you're all over over ordering. And then, and I'll, I'll give you uh, black early voting locations and those vote center locations. Can you even imagine the number of paper ballots that would have to be available?
0: Well, at, at some yeah. of those sites, I, I know we did it for hundreds of years, and
1: it's we didn't have vote centers, and we didn't <laughs> have we had we could only go. Vote on one day. I guess I'm, in just, the, you know, in the, I'm just too old-fashioned. In passive. the countries that I went and observed, they, they did vote by paper ballot, and it was a pretty awesome operation when they dumped them all out on the table and you know, 20 people were all gathering around, sorting them out by contests or names, you know, ballot issues and stuff. And then you then you have people looking over their shoulder, making sure they're counting it right, and you have got the human error. You do have a human error in that process as well. Not to talk, you know, not counting how much longer it could potentially take. So there is no perfect process at all. Uh, I it, I think in my I like the I like a paper ballot myself, but you, you know, in Pulaski. It's paper ballot on Election Day and touch screen on early voting. And I always go vote on Election Day when I vote because I just like to have that paper ballot in my hand and think about when I'm voting. And I have a a great affection also for absentee vote by mail because you can sort of hang around your dining room table and decide how you're going to vote before you mail it in. Yeah, you don't don't have um, a big
0: long line behind you of people impatient when you get
1: in there exactly exactly so there there are a lot of things to consider when we when we talk about our method of voting and and it does all need to be um safe and secure and and i mean redundantly verified that everything is tabulating correctly but i for the most part believe that that our our workers and the people that set up the machines are doing an adequate job. Are there malfunctions of these machines? Yes, there are. And there always will be. And, you know, I don't know how to deal with that other than, you know, we need more newer equipment more regularly. Uh, Technology changes every day. I mean, geez, you know, it's just we can't keep up with it. Uh, And somebody was telling me that those... Avatronics are kind of like the flip phone, where this newer technology is is moved up to, you know, the more modern type of voting that express vote that's being used in several jurisdictions in the state already.
0: Let me ask you about the the inventory of voting machines. Uh, uh mm-hmm. you know, the the existing inventory we have is getting older, and we know that old equipment often fails and I remember in in 2014 Lowenoke County had Mm -hmm. so many inoperable machines that they actually had to close some early voting locations Mm -hmm. and I've seen it myself now this is an exaggeration but let's say you have a precinct of 5,000 voters and they've got five machines in this voting (laughs) location and then you've got another precinct that's got 15,000 voters, and they've got three machines.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That, that right there causes longer lines at that second location, which, sure. you know, longer lines means there's going to be less people that that can stand mm-hmm. in that line for two hours
1: right. to cast
0: their vote. Right. So is there is do you feel like there's something that we can do to—
1: Yeah, there actually is. We do have a law on our books that says for every so many voters, there should be a device. Um, And and that's the efforts that the counties will have to better comply with. The problem with the voting equipment, the electronic voting equipment, and and the iVotronics, for one, um, they're expensive. And when they break, you take one out of mix, or you break two, you have to take two out of mix, and then you have that bottleneck of people trying to vote, just like what you said. There's not enough equipment, so you know there needs to be Plan B, whether it be you know an assortment of paper ballots on on tap to to handle the the flow when the when a device does break. That's it needs to be addressed, and you're you're right about that problem. And um, it, uh, in in Pulaski County, I'm going to just use this as an example because you can kind of relate to this. For early voting locations, they have uh, you have you have no idea how many people are going to come. Right? right. I mean, early voting is open for for whomever. So that and then Pulaski has like nine early voting locations. Well, there's always one or two favorites that people typically will go to We've got one out in West little rock. It's a library. And that that's like a favorite. It's a favorite. And they, the room where the voting is can only accommodate. I think they probably have maybe 10, maybe 10 machines if they've been able to squeeze that many in there, but they'll have on a major election, they'll have four hour lines, people waiting four hours to to get in an early vote. Right. I mean, so there's no way to gauge you. You know, I would say go someplace else and vote early if you, if you don't want to wait in line. You know, that's that's, that's what it is. Early voting. It's not express or fast voting. It's early. Right. But but for polling places on election day, um, they can better gauge or supposed to be able to better gauge the, to have the proper number of devices for the expected number of people. But you're always going to have like at a grocery store, you know, everybody wants to check out at once, or everybody comes in at once and wants to leave at once. So that's that potentially could always be a problem.
0: Yeah, it would be nice if, if we could make Election Day a a holiday where people didn't have to work, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, this this move to vote centers is gonna is a whole nother thing. Um, that's happening in our state and across the country. They're They're shutting, you know, like a county that may have had 30 or 40 polling places, they're shutting half of them down and having, you know, like maybe 15 vote centers that are supposed to accommodate anybody across the county on election day. So, you know, I, I guess the the thought process is they'll they'll consolidate, all, have more equipment in fewer places, and, you know, uh, the flow of voting should work well because whatever part of the county you're in, if there's a vote center, you can go vote there. That's fine, except for the people that live in, you know, some rural areas that don't get to get out, and they were counting on that polling place it was nearby them to cast their ballot so you have to think about what we're doing to those voters by creating this so-called efficiency move in having vote centers do you Not think without its own problems
0: do you think that there's adequate education of the electorate as to the the
1: uh, no 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 and that's another thing that it's driven me to run for this seat. We voters don't know. They don't know. They don't know. Not only do they not know where to go, they don't know what they're voting on. They don't know what the process for voting is. They don't know. We in the South, particularly, are very ill-informed about the voting process, which obviously keeps people away from the polls. So something that I hope to accomplish is better voter education and better voter information whether it be mailed to your home or or available online i mean i want people to see exactly how what happens when you go to the polls what to expect should you
0: become the secretary of state for arkansas what do you feel like you could do to further that education
1: that would be that would be at no cost to anybody that would not have to be legislated there's already money built into the secretary of state's budget education. I mean, they have a whole education component in, in their agency. That could be used and expanded to, to you know, put on the website um, everything you need to know about voting. If you, if you go to the Secretary of State's website now, there's not a single thing in there that tells you about the machines you're voting on, the process for, you know, casting a ballot. There is nothing There's nothing there's nothing on there currently about information on the ballot or who's on the ballot, how to contact these candidates. There's there's no one source to inform you or me or anyone else about what they're voting on or how to find out more information. Anyway, I can change that. That's a simple thing. That's a simple thing. Because In my mind, the more you know, the more likely you are to go and cast a ballot in any given election.
0: What do you feel the Secretary of State's office is doing correctly now, and what do you feel like they're doing incorrectly, and what, what would be your change?
1: Well, their current secretary was never there, so they're just sort of hobbling along without leadership. They're doing fine for the most part. They could be doing it better. Uh, they could have a a leader that knows elections and about conducting elections. Their uh, business and corporations department needs a whole revamping, not only in customer service, but in their whole processes. But I also think the voter registration method needs to be modernized. That will take legislation, but if you have a Secretary of State that can properly present the reasoning and the, a, a, a true effort to their legislatures, I think they would be more than willing. And when I say that, I'm talking about online voter registration or the instant voter registration like we spoke about. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to see, take away the excuse for mailing absentees. Where you, if you vote, request a ballot by mail, you have to either be sick, or you have to check one of two boxes that you're sick or unable to get to the polls, physical disability, or you're going to be unavoidably out of the area on Election Day. Those are the only two ways that you can get a ballot mail to you in Arkansas. So I think that needs to change, too. That would have to be legislated. Every county should be up to date on their voting equipment. Uh, The Secretary of State, our current Secretary of State, Uh, found a way to be selective in giving free voting machines to certain counties. Um, It it was a pilot project they set up last year, but they only hit about seven or eight counties for free, and then they said we didn't have any money, and now they're offering a 50-50 match to get voting equipment. Uh, Some counties have taken them up on that, but It's quite unfair, in my opinion, that some counties were given voting machines for free, and some other counties are struggling to to leap along with this antiquated device. I would like to change that and make it more fair and equitable, and everybody would get the new machines.
0: What are going to be your metrics, should you become Secretary of State, to be able to look back at your efforts and say, I've been a success here?
1: That's a hard question, you know. But I I think if I can dramatically increase voter registration numbers, reach the people that are out there that have failed to register for whatever reason, to get them to participate, if I can affect just the numbers of people turning out and voting, by providing them good, a good source of information, I will have been a success. And if I can engage more people in learning the history of Arkansas through venues at the state capitol, I will have been a success. But I think the, the biggest legacy would be modernizing the voter registration system for all the citizens in Arkansas. That's, that's my big goal.
0: I think that's attainable. I I, I truly do. You know, in, in in past elections, I consider myself a a fairly educated voter. You know, I try to, to find out, Mm -hmm. you know, who I'm, who I'm voting for, but I've gone to, to my polling place and there are positions on there that I had no idea. They were even up for election. I have no idea who these people are. It's very frustrating. And, and, I've, I've tried to find out, you know, what are my options here? You know, who are my choices right. at, beforehand? And I've been rather frustrated in the past. And I, I'm hoping that that's, that's something that, that you can help alleviate that problem should you become.
1: <laughs> that's my goal. <laughs> that right there is my goal because, you know, you you should not, no one, there's no one that should walk into a polling place be brought up a ballot on their electronic or paper and see uh, a bunch of names of people they've never even heard of before. And and beyond that, you know, a lot of people don't realize they don't have to vote for everything on the ballot. It'll count whatever you vote and it'll just leave, you know, an undervote on whatever you don't vote on. So there are a lot of people that still think, well, if I don't vote for everything, my ballot won't count. Well, that's not true.
0: Yeah.
1: You well, vote for what you want, and leave if you don't know the others, just leave it blank.
0: Well, there, there have been many elections where I only voted for half the people on, on the ballot. Or, I this mean, half what the I want I
1: want you to know about every single person on that ballot, so you can make an informed choice.
0: Are you, are you having okay. fun in this campaign? Are you enjoying the run? Just I know this isn't your first, first run <laughs> at it, is, but are, is it more enjoyable this time than last? <laughs>
1: It, it was. I enjoyed it last time a, a lot. And I mean, I was a novice at the running part, but it was a, a an incredible opportunity to go and travel across this state and see parts of it which I hadn't seen before. So, and I'm enjoying it again. I I, I did not go into this second run. Without thinking, my goodness, this is so hard. I mean, this is, this is extremely difficult to try to get everywhere in the state of Arkansas and meet everybody you can. I know how hard it is, but I I also enjoy the opportunity because there's so many people. Actually, our state's quite unique. I mean, we have different cultures in all different parts of the state as well that are, it's it's pretty amazing to just see and visit. But I'm also taken back by the fact that people don't have a clue what the Secretary of State does. And so I feel like duty-bound to inform as many people as I can what what this function is and why it's so important today more so than perhaps in the past.
0: This may be something that, that the Secretary of State's office could be legally prevented from participating in. But I feel like the way uh, technology has evolved and the Internet is becoming more integral to education, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: there are so many parts of the state that are rural that have no adequate access to broadband Internet. Right. Do you feel like the Secretary of State's office could help and get, get behind a push for the state legislature Implementing some kind of statewide, uh, like a broadband internet co-op system, sort of like how... Oh,
1: yes, I'd be, I'd be 100% for that. Absolutely. And, and I, I can say that because it would actually help voting, because the methodology for for some of these vote centers to operate in some of these small counties that can't do it is the, the voter registration Component identifying the voters that they have to have internet accessibility to check those records, and uh, when you're in Madison County, half of the state or half of the county, you don't have any cell phone at all. Right. So right. they're 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 prohibited by that by that without having that internet access from setting up voting locations to automate and verify the voter. Is being eligible. Not the machines now. This is just right. the voter registration eligibility.
0: Yeah, and and just being able to, you know, the the average citizen just being able to find out information about about issues. Exactly. And, and, exactly. And candidates. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm totally for that. Yes, I will support it a hundred percent.
0: All right, that's good to hear. Absolutely. We we've discussed several several things here gone. Wide afield, is there anything that you feel like I've, I've not given you a chance to talk about that is an issue that you would like to bring to the forefront?
1: Well, I'm, I will say this the, the Secretary of State is one of the three persons that sit on the Board of Apportionment, which is the entity, this entity or the board that will redraw the boundaries, legislative boundaries, following the next census would be in 2020 and we'll redraw the lines in 21 and have them in place for the 22 election cycle. So it's the Secretary of State, the Governor, and the Attorney General that sit on that board. So in my mind, it's sort of critical that we have someone like myself that can understand the voting and the process and and just sort of help ensure that there's no gerrymandering and that we actually utilize the the lines sort of created by technology rather than personality, if you know what i mean uh, yes ma'am i, um,
0: I, I do <laughs>
1: okay, so that I think that's kind of high on my my uh and this is just a goes to the knowledge of what the Secretary of State's office actually does or what it's what it's in charge of, and then you know the Secretary of State's office. As you well remember in the debacle of 2000, um, Catherine Harris was, was, was very much a part of that election outcome that ultimately ended up in the Supreme Court ruling. So there are, there are things that secretaries of state have some power over, and, and managing and certifying the elections and, and the election integrity is, is certainly a function of that position. Um, so people need to pay attention to who they elect to hold these seats and one that will serve the people, not the party or a party.
0: Speaking of gerrymandering in general, do you feel like the way that Arkansas, the process that Arkansas uses to draw boundary election boundaries is, is fair and, and adequate to the task?
1: Well, you know, the typical method is to make sure the incumbent is still in the district when they draw the lines, which is why we got some really strange lines that we have today. Um, I I don't think that should be an issue. I mean, the line should be drawn based on the demographics of the people so that it's a uniform area and the the election base is diverse where every Every voice has a, a say and not draw the lines to sort of, you know, keep a certain demographics or a certain type of person from voting in any election or having a voice in any election. And there are parts, there are regions in in the state of Arkansas where minorities are completely blocked out of having any say or electing anyone to represent them because the the major part of the, The boundaries that they reside in are are overrun with somebody of a whole different culture, if you will. So, no, it needs to be fair and equitable to everybody.
0: How can someone help get Susan Inman in the Secretary of State's office? What can we do
1: for you? Well, they can go to my website that is www.SusanInman.com for arkansas.com that's all spelled out and sign up to volunteer
0: how are are you doing on cash do you need any any contributions well they
1: can send money too (laughs) (laughs) send money too you can donate online
0: (laughs) All right, we want to make sure people hear that
1: email susan at susaninman for arkansas.com and tell me what you want to know and I'll certainly I'll come talk to your group I'll come visit with you whatever
0: and you might even appear on some unknown person's podcast.
1: And I might even appear on a podcast. Yay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I I think this has been great. I'm, I'm really thankful okay. that you took this opportunity.
1: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: All right. There you have it. Susan Inman for Secretary of State of Arkansas. Remember, the primary is May the 22nd. And early voting starts on May the 7th, so that's coming up. Make sure you go out and vote and bring a friend. Every time I hear the people cry, don't you know that the man is going to lie? I try to tell them that they have a choice, people out there
1: Society.